This is the podcast, Putting on a Coat of Colors. This podcast is a community storytelling project of Coat of Colors, a council of Cathedral of Hope, United Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Our hope is that this podcast will make room for persons of color and their white allies who are both gay and straight to tell their joys and frustrations, to tell their sense of belonging and their sense of exclusion, to celebrate our uniqueness to the larger community and celebrate our commonalities, and to invite members of the larger community to join in this purpose. Thank you for listening. Now let's get started. Here is our podcast host, Thomas Riggs. In the second part of the conversation between Darnell and Neil, they dig deeper about the goals and the purposes of Code of Colors and the representation of people of color in all aspects of the life of the church. They address the issues of avoiding tokenism versus consistent involvement and what it means to be an active versus a passive participant. Both share it's in honest conversations that white-dominated spaces can learn to work harmoniously with communities of color. It's the work to be done and the honest conversations to be spoken that keep people of color coming back. So beyond the Sunday service, what else do you do uh, as far as ministry or uh, involved in a program? Or yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the, currently I'm the chair of Color Colors. Uh, and I like to say co-chair because uh, I think me and Philip are uh, it's a really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and actually, I think everybody is a chair mm-hmm. because we we work really really well together. So, um, but we do certain things. And I like to think sometimes I don't. I'm not as I'm like a <laughs> a, a sounding board a lot of times because I've been working with my own business and all that. And and sometimes I not as involved as I would like to be with the Code of Colors, but we still manage to do a lot of things. So, but I, I mean, the Code of, color, code, uh, code of Colors is, uh, has been an amazing friendship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, a lot of the, I mean, there's nothing I wouldn't do for any of them. Yeah. So. So tell me about Code of Colors. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, I, I, we're an organization and within the church, and I don't know if we fall between. That's one of the problems. We don't know where we lie in the church. Uh, are we a social group? Are we a uh, uh, what's the name of the other groups like? Like a small group, small or group, or an affinity group, affinity or, group, mm-hmm. all that. Because we, I guess, we do a lot of everything, mm-hmm. uh, and and which is needed because I feel. We, I feel we feel that there is no programs that really match what uh, people of color do, you know. Um, so I think we're not not in identity crisis, <laughs> but we I, we feel like we can take on anything that we put our minds into. So basically, what we do is try to figure out things to to um, highlight. Uh, the people in uh, of color at the church and include others to see what we're doing and to participate. Uh, it's not a, a organization just for uh, people of color, 
well, actually it is because everybody's a color. <laughs> so so it's it's an inclusion uh, group where we, we're just trying to do the best we can for the church, the community at large, and ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, one of the ways I view um, Code of Colors is that it's a, a two-way street. It's, 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 one is about bringing together people of color, um, especially in a, a dominantly white congregation, mm-hmm. um, and finding ways to find those connections with each other, mm-hmm. um, and building relationships and, and reaching out to other people of color to provide safe space for them to come into a predominantly white space. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's a, 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 a council that informs me as pastor and the staff uh, about the ways in which um, we can be more inclusive and can be more open to, to, to welcoming and to respecting and also the cultural pieces of, mm-hmm. of, of people of color. Um, and that's certainly been something that, that I've valued um, mm-hmm. as part of our relationship in, in, in this. And, you know, so here we are, we're, we're, we're sat here, you've, <laughs> right. you've, you've got the floor. So, yeah, you know. I know, right? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I think, I, I think it's needed, definitely needed. I think it's, it's because my experience because of I don't know how the um, people of color act, uh, reacted to church or how they participate in the past I can't talk say that but I I feel it's definitely necessary I feel like there's a void where um, there's not enough I mean how can I say that say it um When you come to church, and you and when you and when you find a, a home, you want to be comfortable in your own skin, and most of the time you see people, in within the church doing things that are the same uh, color or whatever, and they they let kind of let other people like you can do more, and we'll, and that's one thing I did notice when I first got here, there was none, mm-hmm. there was nothing. Um, that allowed me to say it's fr- I'm free to participate. Going to church, uh, sitting in a sermon, sermon is not participating all the time. That's you know, but trying to do other things. And I've when we first started talking, bouncing an idea about forming the code of colors, it's because the reasons the the, the reasons of not having any uh, represent. Rep- I never can say that word. Representation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> but it's because uh, we, I, I didn't, I didn't see it. I mean, I, you know, um, it would be nice to see more of that, you know, and because when you go to church, you you might have uh, uh, people of color or something on the in the workings of the church, mm-hmm. but it's n- we non visible, you know, you know, you you need that visibility. To uh, not only, not not only attract and maintain who you have, but people walk through the door that maybe don't even know what the color colors is, but they it's it's that visual feeling that you get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to have um, representation of of the entire body, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting as as you're you're speaking that I'm 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 thinking, um, you know, I see people of color in the choir, I see people of color. Um, as ushers and greeters, I see people of color on the board. I see people of color um, now in every piece of the leadership. 
Um, so it's interesting that you see you see differently than I do because I look around on a Sunday morning and I just see people of color everywhere. But but um, that's something that's it's been getting yeah. there. It wasn't that way when I first started here, and you know and. Um, the only time I saw people of color was in the choir mm-hmm. because, I mean, um, that's actually singing the song is part of uh, black culture and that's mm-hmm. how they we give. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that didn't, that didn't shock me. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. that was like normal. OK, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We, yeah. you have someone singing. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. But otherwise, uh, you know, and then every once in a while we have people on the council speaking, a, a, you know, in, you know, but that's, I guess it's different when you, um, when you just want, I mean, it's, it shouldn't be, to me, it shouldn't be on an occasion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it should be every day mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. life, you know, of seeing that and feeling that, you know. Hey, I, I remember one of the conversations we had and uh, was that um, I, I, I resisted bringing in a person of color just on Black History Month or on Martin Luther mm-hmm. King weekend. And I said, that, that to me, that's tokenism. And mm-hmm. that my my hope and dream is that, you know, as we continue, is that we would be able to embody um, people of color in every part of this, mm-hmm. of, of the ministry of this church. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't seen as tokenism, mm-hmm. or just seen as on a special day or... Yeah. Um, and, and and that kind of you know it's like having a gay person there for Pride Sunday. It's like you know why right. would you why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know? um, so so I'm glad that that things are beginning to change. There's mm-hmm. still more to be done, but I'm glad that we see more people of color around in different in the various ministries. Elmo's lay minister mm-hmm. worship and uh, all over the, in, in so many different aspects yeah. of the church's and life now. I think it's totally. I mean, it's changing, and we like the feeling how it, you know it's changing. You know, so I I feel like the church is heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the, the only there's one thing that I feel you know, it's more of a feeling or like because the code of colors are evolved and doing a lot of things, you know, and we we take on some things and we started do it on our own. Mm-hmm. And a, but the, the sometimes there's the feeling where we've I feel I can't speak for other mm-hmm. where the church feel like they don't know how to help because they don't want to t- step on anybody's toes or take over. Mm-hmm. And in my answer to that is we won't allow you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so I mean we, I mean if I mean I think we would love more involvement with church. Not, you know, maybe even just as a sounding board or somebody we can do this or, you know, good ideas and see how we can work together. But uh, I, I feel like if we can get past that hurdle where it's no longer a, wor- a worry about stepping on toes or uh, taking over or just in just work, mm-hmm. I think that's where the next step should be going. Mm-hmm. I think it's valuable. I think it's important. Um, and I think that there's also, you know, we're in, a, in, a, in the country right now in this mm-hmm. whole racial uh, divide mm-hmm. um, and racial tension. I think there is some sensitivity on uh, white cis people mm-hmm. not to even give the impression of imperialism or white privilege or all of those mm-hmm. things. And so I think there is this overcompensation. It is um, that <laughs> yeah. we that we this dance, if you will, mm-hmm. that we we try to play. Um, and 
I've been, I'll just be honest about my own confession, I've been very clear with, with folks is that, that this is really important for people of colour to set the agenda and to, you know, pace this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that any 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 feeling that we're stepping on, over managing, <laughs> uh, all of those things uh, can come off as, as white privilege. And, it could, uh, you know. but, but that's what conversations are yeah. for. Yeah. And um, I've never been, I guess my career would have uh, been the only black engineer in my department, mm-hmm. the only black this or whatever. Um, I see I, I, I see it, I see it, but the problem is you have to work through it. You have to get past that point. You have to uh, figure out a way mm-hmm. where, you know, we can just work and, and eventually the color divide goes away. Mm-hmm. But until we get to that point and just work together and say, hey, what do you need? Or, can we, you know, and have those conversations. And, and if you just, you know, you're being pure and doing something and then I say, uh, Neil, hey, you know, you know, and then that that should be an okay conversation. It shouldn't be like, um, I stepped on Darnell's toes. <laughs> you know, it's just you know because you step on every throughout life you step on everybody else. You know, you know, yeah. white people step on it, white people's toes, or mm-hmm. you know, and then they you have to have that conversation and say, hey, you know. I got this, or but I need your help here, or something like that. We have to have, be able to do that conversation and figure out this dance, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. We have the same. I have the same as a, as a man um, having the same conversations around women, mm-hmm. um, and as a man in leadership, how do I assure that I don't use that maleness mm-hmm. to to make it feel misogynistic or mm-hmm. you know uh, patriarchal and. Um, with our transgender community, making sure that you know we are really open and sensitive, and yeah, you know, I think all of those lenses that we look oh, yeah. through in life um, formulate this mm-hmm. um, rainbow coalition of of people. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're just I think we're in an interesting piece of our history um, as a country. Yes, um, you know because I mean there's a lot of people, and you do so. I want to tell you, you do really good work. You know, I, I mean. People that I know know of you that never even stepped into church. So, I mean, you do good work. Uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think the long story, I think that is what's keeping me coming back because there's work to be done, uh, there's things to be said, and we gotta, we gotta figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this edition of Putting on a Coat of Colors. This podcast is a community storytelling project of Coat of Colors, a Council of Cathedral of Hope, United Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Cathedral of Hope is the largest predominantly LGBTQIA congregation in the world. Our church has a strong community presence and global reach through its online ministry. We self-identify as a church that is progressive, inclusive, and social justice-minded. You can find out more about Cathedral of Hope at www.cathedralofhope.com. In the mission statement of Code of Colors, we assert that 
Through faith, hope, and love, Code of Colors is a council for all people that seeks to decrease the cultural divide and increase a multicultural presence in the church and the community. You can find out more about the outreach programs of this group by searching Code of Colors on Facebook. That's spelled C-O-L-O-U-R-S. And request to join the group 